Run to Old Navy to kick off summer in style for the whole family. Right this minute, the entire store is up to 50% off. Can't decide what to get? Get it all. The whole store is on sale now, and everything you love is up to 50% off. Plus, tomorrow only, show daddy's your go-to guy with one-day-only Father's Day deals, like $5 graphic tees, $8 swim shorts, and $10 shirts and shorts. Run to Old Navy. Salad 613-621. Select styles. Exclusion supply. Men's style. Salad 618. See store for details. Welcome to the Hyper Sloth Happy Hour with your host Zigzag and Rufus, coming to you live from planet Earth, courtesy of Smoke and His Records and Global Corp Industries. Now, grab a beer, put your feet up, and get ready for the Hyper Sloth Happy Hour. tonight. Rufus, thank you for asking me how I am because really when I asked how you were, it was just a thinly veiled uh, trick to get you to ask me how I was because I really, like the rest of the world, I don't really give a shit about anybody else. Well, you're a Svengali. You fooled me. I fell right into your trap. So how are you? You you, you look confused now. Are you okay? Dude, I really did a number on you. I can tell. You did. You're like, it's like a Jedi mind trick. You know what? Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you, Rufus. How are you? I'm fine, but I'm really curious about how you are. You know, I just, I'm not one of those guys that really likes to talk about myself that much, so uh, I just uh-huh. want to hear about what's going on in your life and what's important to you. What are your hopes, your dreams? The stakes are high, and so am I. It's in the air tonight. My hopes and dreams are, uh, I'm a simple man. They're quite simple. I hope that I, I don't get disastrously fucking ill from something I had to deal with today. Um, I, made all, I, I took all the necessary precautions, so I hope my body isn't infected with salmonella or some other disgusting viral uh, inhabitant. I'm, but we'll was you see. Have some kind of sewer problem? Sounds like a sewer problem. Uh, no, I wish it had been a sewer problem. What happened is uh, we had a deep freeze in the old house that we intended to move into the new house and so we we transferred a lot of the stuff to the new freezer in the fridge right in the new fridge and and then i guess we got we got sidetracked so when i went back to finish the job today it had been sitting without power for about two weeks and had two packs of uh like two pounds of raw chicken each and some sausage and things weren't good in that situation and i had to clean it all up so, uh, moral to the story is now you know what a dead body smells like. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm thinking a dead human body probably smells a hell of a lot better than what I dealt with today. So, uh, were you able to salvage the freezer, or you have to toss the freezer altogether, or did you just get some bleach water and go fucking uh, hog wild on this bitch? 
Well, I, uh, I, I, I put it on a dolly, and I took it out of the old house, and I wheeled it out by the back fence, and with gloves on, I just tossed everything that was in it. There was uh, two packs of chicken. Like I said, there was some – I don't know if it was sausage. It was some sort of unidentifiable, unidentifiable meat at this point. And then some okay. vegetables, you know. I tossed it. It might have been sex, yeah. So I tossed Trump it out, sex? and it smelled – it smelled rancid, and so I dumped in a, a shitload of, like, a, what do they call that? The green cleaner, super green, whatever. Simple green. And I, I I filled it with water and that stuff and let it sit for, like, two hours. And then I came back out later, and one of our dogs came up to me looking really guilty. And she's been abused in the past, so that's not uncommon oh, for no. her. But she was she was acting, like, super guilty. And I'm like, what, what the fuck's going on? And I look over, and apparently she has rummaged through and eaten all of the rancid right. chicken and the rancid whatever it was, steak or or sausage. And, yeah, she's, she fucking stinks like a, a, a dead animal herself now. But I just, I, I, I'll push that freezer out of the side and dump it out, and then I had to get in there and actually, like, physically, you know, do do the rest of the work myself. And there was some... There were some nasty tidbits, man, that I had to touch and smell and, and deal with. That I might not be long for this world at this point. Here's here's the deal with you that you go through all that trouble to clean that fucking thing up, right? And now somehow you will never ever use it. You'll just be, you know what? I would find a way not to use it because I'm like, yeah, I'll save this thing. It'll be awesome. I'll clean it up. It'll be as good as new. But deep down in my mind, I'm like. That thing has been violated. <laughs> you can probably get sick if you touch something or eat something. I know. All the time, and that thing close. And that sucks because we need it. That's why I went through the trouble today. But you're right. Already, it's sitting next to me. This vile thing is sitting next to me in the office because that's where we decided to keep it. And I'm like, man, I just think it's it's a, a bane on our house. It's like bringing in a, a some sort of satanic demon. We're just, we just tainted our fucking house with this thing now. You, know, you remember my dog, Jerry, Pisky, we used to call him back when we were together at the Rohampton days. When he would do that same thing when he would, like, get in the trash or something. It's like he would seek you out, right? And he would come up to you, and you would look so guilty, you'd know he did something, and he would be whining, right? And you're like, oh, shit, what the fuck? And then he would oh. proceed to puke up whatever he had gotten out of the trash, like, in the ultimate... Uh, you know, please forgive me. I'm giving it all back. I didn't really want it anyway, so he would just, like, barf it up all over the floor, no matter what kind of rancid chicken or meat that he found from somewhere. So it was like a treat for everyone. He got to enjoy it, and I got to clean it up while it was warm again. He was, he considered himself like the canine microwave. He would eat a burrito that was sitting in the garbage for a week, and then warm it up in his stomach and puke it out for me to eat later if I wanted to. Usually completely it was, it was a gift. He was thinking of you. He was. He was so selfless. So no Trump steak in your uh, in your freezer. That kind of shocks me. I figured for a Trump steak guy. Uh, they don't have enough uh, hair on them. And the hair they do have is not combed very well. Apparently, your problem is you don't shop at the Sharper Image, because that's when he had these failed... How many failed businesses has Donald Trump had? I mean, there's something that... This was not a fucking, some kind of uh, small, like, weird market that he's, like, trying to penetrate with his name. 
I mean, Did water. he really have steaks? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were joking. No. No, he had Trump steak, dude, and they they were only sold at uh, the Sharper Image. Those, oh like, God. weird stores or the Sharper Image catalogs. And you know what's weird is, like, you'd think if he did enough research, he would realize that a Trump steak is more of a, a Sky Mall thing than it is really <laughs> a Sharper Image thing. I was going to say, you know, the Sharper Image catalog is, is the Sky Mall for people who have even more money to waste on stupid shit. No, it's the Sky Mall for people who can't afford to fly. Maybe that's what he was going with. <laughs> Turns out they were all, like, bottom-trimming steaks that he was selling for 80 bucks, probably. There, there were probably uh, Mexican refugees. The deal is he had this weird angle where he's now going to give away the steaks. Instead of government cheese, people are going to get government Trump steaks. <laughs> We've got a whole warehouse on the south end of Tijuana from like 1986 that's still full of Trump steaks that he's been waiting to unload. That's the whole reason he's running for the presidency. This is one. Is that why his new slogan is "I'm up in the steaks"? It, exactly. You can stake on it. I think was something that, that he did. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember them all. But he he's a wordsmith. There's no doubt. You know what? Speaking of wordsmith, I, I literally have not seen any of the debates. You know this because you always ask me. I'm oh like, no, God. I haven't seen it. That, that's why I rely on I you for all this information. But last night you I was flipping around. You are depriving yourself, dude, because this it's, it's like better than – it's infotainment. Let's say that because it's not – it's like it can't be real. The Donald last night on the debate was talking about the size of his dick. What? Yes. Yes, he did. He did. He did do that. Well, I, I, what I was going to say is that he actually said something. It, it was weird. I watched the. I, I was flipping around and I saw the debate. I don't know if it was pre-recorded or if there was a live one last night. I don't know. But they had all these questions, and Cruz, Cruz was answering, and Rubio and whoever. And it was obviously not only that they had the answer scripted and prepared, but that the question they knew what they were going to get. And then they, they were talking about gun control, and they went to Trump. And I was surprised because I watched for like 20 minutes, and they never even went to Trump. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought he was the, the big fucking bullhorn. What's the really? deal? Let's go to, let's go to Trump. And they never went to him. And they finally went to him when they were talking about gun control, and they said, well, in your book, he said, I stand by the Second Amendment, and everybody should have a gun or whatever. And he said, well, in your book, uh, you know, you said that nobody should have, like, assault rifles. And... You know, what do you say about that now? And he just said, and i got to admit that I like this, he just said, well, I changed my mind. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, what? I, I At least there's no that. bullshit there. But I did see that. But unfortunately, he, like, changes his mind, like, every couple of weeks. That's the problem with Trump. Is yeah. He, like, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously out of the loop. You've you got to commit. All this. Really. You can't be a politician. I mean, that's, that is being the ultimate politician right there. He's obviously just saying what people want to hear wherever the fuck he's standing at that moment. And just for the crowd's reaction, because think about it. Think how many people out there that might be watching something like that. And Donald, like, gives the right answer for that particular crowd. Like I say by the Second Commitment, uh, you should be able to fire 8,000 bullets as fast as you need to, you know. Right. And the people in the crowd cheer. And then the people in the rest of the country are watching like, all the people cheered. It's like a laugh track, you know what I mean? I, I guess that was the part that we're like, yay, go go Donald Trump for. 
Right, but I, I think that's the appeal of this guy, apparently. is That's not what a politician would do. A politician would not say, well, I changed my mind. Even though that's a human thing that people do all the fucking time. They would say, well, no, what I meant back then was this, and how that that means now, and what I'm saying now, my advisors tell me. He just said, well, I changed my fucking mind. That's that's not the typical politics that that, that you see. Most people would go on for ten fucking minutes explaining how they justify their views now with their views then and right. try to somehow make them sink and gel and stuff, and he's just like, no, nah, I changed my mind. And you know why he could say that and mean it? Because he had no idea probably why he said that thing about the Second Amendment before. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, don't even really fucking remember saying that. But, you know, yeah, I changed my mind on that. I'm no longer with it. And you know what? I do respect that in, in a way for sure that he says he changed his mind because a lot of times it's necessary to change your mind over the course of, you know, 40 years or whatever it is. Well, it is. And this is, this is one thing i got to say in, in, in defense of Hillary Clinton, who I also don't really know much about. But apparently she's being hammered by the other side for, quote-unquote, flip-flopping on gay marriage because she was, like, against gay marriage in the 90s or whatever. And then she ended up being for it. And, I'm, and the problem is that she's, like, she's, again, like I'm saying, she's trying to gel that. Well, no, I never really said this completely and that and that. And she should also say, look, I learned new facts. I changed my mind to the right thing. This is how things should be. Right. I'm 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 a growing fucking human being. You know, just like you, gay people should be able to get married. Now, you know, I'm I'm not saying Trump saying, well, I changed my mind. Everybody should have an assault weapon is right. But I'm saying in both cases, people should be able to change their mind without it being called flip flopping. Right. I agree with that. I do agree with that. And the Donald's but this is coming, for, but this is com- coming from somebody who I've literally heard no other quotes from any fucking Republican debate or Democratic debate. So I'm terribly uninformed about everything that's I'm going surprised. on. I'm surprised that Hillary just didn't say, "What is Oprah's take on that issue?" <laughs> <laughs> I think she's taking a lot of her cues from Oprah at this point on like how to behave as a successful woman. She should have Oprah as her running mate. She should. Oh, dude, it'd be a fucking lock. Get out of here. It would. It would be a lock. Whole country in pink. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody needs a new car. (laughs) Yes, of course. That's that's the platform. Everybody gets a new car and no reform on Wall Street. It's a win-win. What's funny? Hillary would would tap uh, Oprah to be her vice president, but when everybody went to vote, they would write in Oprah as president, and Hillary would get demoted. Dude, there's the ultimate fucking runoff right there. It's Oprah versus Trump for president of the United oh States of America. God, that would be awesome, dude. That would be even better than Hillary versus Trump for entertainment value. I mean... I, you got to give me an Oprah's corner on that one, for sure. You know it's Oprah. Oh, absolutely, of course, especially with the woman votes and the gay dude votes right. and the, anybody who wants a new car vote. Totally. <laughs> you know what? Anybody that wants a new car, that's a deep constituency. If you can get into them, <laughs> you fucking made something happen. Because it's that's tough right. to get that people that want a new car vote. 
<laughs> you literally got to give them a new car. That's what sucks. Or lower credit standing enough to where everybody gets a new car, but they just have to pay for it over eight or nine years at $25,000 interest. The American way. Yeah, of course, yeah. Build up debt, but you have a new car for a year. You know what? I, you know what I was thinking? I don't have any real debt, Rufus, and I was thinking I thought that was a good thing, and we've discussed how it's not a good thing when you want to get something on credit. Now I'm like, you know what? I might as well just be like everybody else and run up my fucking share of credit. You should. Why not? Not really a real thing, is it? What you should now, if if you have everything that you really want, if you got the house you like and you're making the good payments, right. if you got the cars you like and they're in good shape, at this point yeah. you don't need good credit. Still, fuck it. Get a shitload of credit cards and burn the shit out of them. See, my problem is I don't want a bunch of shit. I don't want a bunch of fucking shit that I bought with a credit card. You know what I mean? You buy something with a credit true. card, it's like full enough to fit in your trunk. And that just means that it eventually ends up in your garage, then like picking yep. up from somewhere else, and you're just like, God damn it, why did I buy that piece of shit? Oh, because I had good credit then. Then you just look at right. all the shit that you waste your money on and go, can't believe I fucking shot my credit for this fucking pile of garbage. But people do it. American dream. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with dreams, Rufus. Nothing wrong with dreams. Donald Trump had one as a young boy. Stay. He's actually been molested by 13 bears and an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he probably set that up and paid high, high dollars for it. Sounds like an it's, interesting it's, fetish. You know, like the weird thing was when his son, Don Jr., killed that rhino and cut off its tail, what they didn't show was him butt-fucking Donald Trump with it like 10 seconds later while it was still fucking. <laughs> My God. Dude, that's a disturbing There's image. There's some weird fetishes out there. You know, did you see that thing where uh, they track, like, search terms for porn by state? I'm sure you probably saw that. Uh, I Yeah, I saw a headline about it. And was it, like, one of the most, quote-unquote, biblical states, like, like it was like Utah or something where they check out a lot of porn. Yeah, I didn't really get to look at the whole thing. I noticed that most of it said lesbian, except for Arkansas, which maybe you can explain this. It said gopher nuts. What is there some kind of fetish there in uh, Arkansas that I'm not aware of? No, it's more like a condition. People have gopher nuts. <laughs> it's it's like a degenerative gene. Ah, uh, it's a recessive that's become dominant. Yeah, I Just think those are people down. looking, searching WebMD for my gopher, for gopher nuts. nuts. What happens if you do catch gopher nuts, or if you've been inflicted? Uh, well, your your nuts like to bury themselves in the ground and is that what gopher garden. nuts? I had to ask myself mid-thought, is that a gopher or a squirrel? Do gophers, like, bury stuff, too? I'm not even sure what a gopher is. I'm not sure what a gopher is. Gophers, they hold some of the ground, right? Right, but you According don't want to Caddyshack. see a It's not like a squirrel. It's not like running around in the middle of the daytime, is it? No. I don't think so. You I've never like seen a gopher. I've never laid eyes on a gopher, ever. Or it's not. You probably have. Because I've got, like, this animal that I see all the time, and it, it's been, like, in a couple of different places, so it's not the same animal, but it's, like, a species of animal that I saw in my mom's backyard and, like, I see around sometimes, and I'm, like, every animal that is, like, a small 
mammal that I don't know what the name of it really is. I'm like, is that a gopher or is that a groundhog? <laughs> that a, is, you know what I mean? I'm just like, which one of those small mammals is that? I don't exactly know what it looks like, but they're small and kind of scary. It's probably a chupacabra. It probably is. But, you know, I was surprised to see that, that most of the porn searches uh, were for lesbians for the whole country. Now, Interesting. Obviously, that's, that's dudes that want to watch chicks, and I just don't get that. I don't really get that. I mean, I got, one, I got enough trouble keeping one chick interested in me. It's kind of humiliating to watch two chicks that you don't even, you know wouldn't even want you there in the first place. No, you know I'm I mean, being they're like, you know, no dicks allowed. Dicks are gross. You know, they're dirty. They pretty much uh, are everything that I despise. So, you know, that's just be humiliating to know that that's what those girls are thinking while you're watching them with your dick in your hand. If, if there was like a, a, a porno situation where like two girls were making out and then my role is to walk in the room and sort of take over, when I walk in the room, they would kind of look over and sigh. And then just kind of start watching TV. Oh, right. And you're like, oh, Rufus is back. Ew. Yeah. Ugh. Like, All right. Then you're just like, weird friend in the room. You're like, hey, what's up, guys? And was like, yeah, nothing. You know what I mean? Like when you enter, <laughs> like when Joe used to enter the room and we'd all, we'd like be having a good time and show up and like you could feel the tension in the fucking room. Yeah. And just, oh, it just got so weird in here. Like, That's exactly how it would be. The chicks would just be like, they'd roll their eyes and be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I guess I'll go uh, wash the car now. Or I got to do some laundry. <laughs> yeah. That's why our clothes are off. We were about to do laundry. You go go play your video games. Nothing like, yeah, like when you show up and like all of a sudden everybody decides they want to hang out in their rooms. <laughs> I just want people to hang out in my room. It's <laughs> just like when my wife and kid come home, I'm like, oh, I forgot I some work I have to do in my office. It, oh, Jesus Christ. So did you get your uh, booth all set up? Oh, yeah, it's totally rocking now. It's, it's even way more optimized than it was before. Sounds great. Were you ever going to, like, come, like, do a, a show from your room? Well, that's strictly voiceover quality type stuff. It's not really set up for that. It's very minimalistic. There's a, a monitor, a keyboard, a mouse, and a microphone. That's it. And I, I probably could. I mean, it's, it's got that computer's totally separate, but it, it does have internet connection. I might do it. It's just really dark in there because I have, like on the sides, I've got a, I moved in some plywood with that pointy foam shit, and then over right. it I draped another moving blanket. So I've got like a little, not only is the whole room kind of treated, but I've got a little square that I suck myself into that's really treated, but it's dark as fuck. I mean, the only lights from the monitor. Why don't you get some cool lights like I got here, these, uh, the Christmas lights, and decorate the inside of your booth for inspirations? I might do that. I might. I can't see them. I can't see you tonight for some reason. Oh, you can't? How unfortunate for you. You're looking extra good tonight. Right. Extra I look like an I look like an aged Trump steak, kind of grayish <laughs> with some bags on me, maybe some a bit of uh, probably a bit of a smell, but uh, nothing <laughs> that he couldn't sell. 
when he's the way he's hot so you're, you're snake oil. You you like you look smug and you're wearing an ill fitting suit, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I'm doing that thing with my lips and my nose where I'm not I'm better than you. I'm just like I do this weird like if you've ever noticed, he just has this look he gets on his face where he's like yeah, exactly. You know what? I like to call that the Thurston Howl. He's doing a Thurston Howl. Thurston <laughs> Howl. Oh, love it. Exactly. The way, that he, the way that Thurston looks at Gillian all the time, is that the look? Yes, exactly. Or, you know, who else kind of had that same face? Ted Knight as Judge Schmales in Caddyshack did that exact same Donald Trump face, too. We should do a split yes. screen. Of the three of those together, where and then you can see that Donald Trump is obviously the least qualified to be president. Oh, that's so. like you can morph the two of them together, and their faces would merge to make Trump. Oh my God, that would be hilarious! No, no, because you know what, Mr. Howell <laughs> and, and Judge Schmales both had more class than Trump. That's sure. true. That's true. <laughs> Trump, it, you, we should do like a Cosby joke where like Trump is like. Uh, Trump University on any given weekday, no class. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember those jokes? I'm like, that was a, a Thad Albert feed in. Like yep. every, every, I mean, it was like, uh, I don't know what it was. That was like their go-to joke. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of racial implication done by Bill Cosby there that I don't understand. About class warfare, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Again, Bill Cosby's not a racist. He's a rapist, but he's not racist. He is a rapist, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I guess. I mean, he has a lot of accusations, and he's even kind of said some things that don't really sound that good about, you know, <laughs> in his heyday. You know what? <laughs> oh. He would have to rape these chicks because when they get that, like, have you ever seen, like, a close-up of Bill Cosby? He's got, like, dingleberries growing all over his fucking face and neck. Like, small dingleberries. All over. I will probably be inflicted with that now. But if you get, like, close to him, he's, like, got super weird-looking skin. Have you ever seen that? I have seen that. And, uh, actually, uh, there's another black dude. What's his name? Morgan Freeman has those same little units stationed all over his facial field. Yeah, but it's closer on Cosby because he's a rapist. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty gross. I'm they're like notches on the bedpost. For every woman he rapes, he gets a new little growth. Oh, yes. They're his badge, his scarlet, uh, scarlet letters, so to speak. Or <laughs> they're, they're full of some sort of naturally occurring uh, anesthetic so that, like, he gets the woman to suck the growths off his face and they fall asleep. <laughs> They're automatically paralyzed, and he has their right. way with them. He's like a comic book supervillain. He, like, tenses <laughs> up and, like, gas comes out of him and makes women fall asleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is insane, obviously. Not as yeah. insane as you, but he's pretty insane. Yeah, well, he only wrecked me once. I wonder if he ever, he probably put a small animal or something to sleep to have sex with it, too. Who's to say it's just humans? What? Well, I missed something there. What about animals? 
put a small animal to sleep and have sex with it if you're just like that demented of a person. A hole's a hole, man, when you get down to it, you know? I mean... When you're as primal as Bill Cosby is and when he's drugging people to have sex with him, you're right. A hole is a hole is a hole is a hole. We're all God's creatures, man. We're all God's creatures. We All things have holes. That's probably his deal. Everything has That's a right. hole. <laughs> the creator makes sure that every animal on the planet was fuckable. Not even just animals. Bowling balls. Uh, probably all <laughs> kinds of <laughs> Bowling balls. Cartons of Greek yogurts. Certain fruits. I don't know if anybody's ever tried this, Rufus. Have you ever you've noticed that a lot of people put pictures of their food? Uh, online. I know that you took some pictures of some pretty tasty-looking stuff uh, when you were in Nicaragua and posted online. I do believe it was your jalapeno chicken, your new go-to Mexican dish. I, I Yeah, I did that a few times just because I thought, you know, most people that I'm friends with had never been to Nicaragua. So it was that goddamn food. It was really fucking good where we went. Dude, I got it. But, yeah. That, I don't do that like I if I go to Chili's. Things. I don't be like, here's the I, Chili's kids menu I was every time I'm hungry I think of that jalapeno chicken that you took that picture of that's how good that you know what that pizza looked pretty damn good too but here's what I was thinking would this be interesting uh, or something you'd be interested in doing on the HyperSelf website where I eat something and take a shit and take a picture of it and then we have a thing for people to guess what I ate and if they get it right they get like a free song download or a t-shirt or something <laughs> yes, I think that's a brilliant idea, Zigzag. I do. I really do. I'm thinking that you're I'm really not being sarcastic. I, I, let's if I can I do that. That's awesome. I wonder if you think anybody could ever get it right. I mean, I'm trying to stay away from corn and peanuts because I feel like they're dead giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> dead, that's what I was going to say, dead giveaways. Dead giveaways, yeah. No, you got to keep it interesting. Eat some kale. Uh, right. Tilapia, you know, the things that, that are uh, oily, so they kind of mush what, up. What I'm afraid would happen is that some doctor would probably look at it and, like, write me, like, a side note saying that there's obviously very something very wrong with you. You probably need to have a have it checked out. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's a great angle. But, uh... Well, then maybe that's why we should do it. You never know what's going on inside your full rectal you know, cavity. Full rectal health. <laughs> that's right. I'm thinking we oh get people God. interested. I'm thinking well, maybe we that's... do so. I so I don't have to be the disgusting person. We have people <laughs> send in pictures of their own shit, and we guess what they ate instead. Maybe. maybe. Maybe that's our our new business is like stoolsample.com where you just post a picture of your shit and we have like proctology experts analyze hey, it. You know what? You're okay. That, that is so funny you say that because I was actually thinking the exact same thing a couple of seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> that we could like turn it into a WebMD for colon health. Why not? <laughs> I mean, the sponsors are a no-brainer, dude. You got Pepto-Bismol. X-Lax, <laughs> Magnesia. I mean, you got the big three right there. That's true. And you can. Re- and here's the key: you can remain completely anonymous, or not. 
But you can be anonymous. And then we come out with this, like a, a proctologist finger app, right, where <laughs> we send out a thing and you sit on it, and then the proctologist can give you a virtual colonoscopy or whatever, not a colonoscopy, oh, but a prostate check, and you don't even have oh, to no, like show your face. It's like a little rubber condom you put on your own finger with a wire going to your phone, and you stick your <laughs> finger up your butt. And it, like, reads temperatures and pH balances and all kinds of stuff and sends that to a database and then puts it up on a leaderboard and compares your your colon health to, like, other people. Oh, my God. And you gamble on it. And we make it a gaming site. <laughs> you play the best on who's going to have the most polyps in the next five years. Right. And, and, and then you get to, like, double down on people's uh, mortality rates. <laughs> that's right. That's that's the big uh, that's the big winning bucket. Is if you can predict the death of somebody based on their their own proctology scan through the app, then you're gonna bang. It's like fantasy football for your butt. Exactly. It's exactly like fantasy football. <laughs> oh my god. We did it again. What exactly? Again, the future of the future on the Hypersloth Happy Hour with Zigzag and Rufus. The date today yeah. is, you know what? I, I've been so screwed up on the days of the week for like the last week, and I don't even know why. You ever have that happen? I'm like, what the fuck day is it? I'm like, I'm a grown man, Rufus, and I'm asking myself what fucking day it is. What day of the week? Well, it's because you, you work from home, though. I mean, it's easy to get miscombobulated because every day seems the same after a while. The well, problem is I have a, an office, and I work at the office, and unfortunately, then I come home and fucking work for, like, six more fucking hours. Yeah, you got to stop that, dude. I know I do. I can't, though. I can't. I don't dude, know I, why. I seriously, I don't, I don't have an office to go to. I work maybe two hours a day. Don't tell my boss, but I, I work two hours a day. Dude, I... Let's study work. I I'll do that. off and on shit. In- if I were punching a clock, I'd probably be working a four-hour day. Right. And you know what? And that's, I can understand that. My problem is, you know, that being your own boss, it's like you never get the time off. You know what I mean? This is if true. If it's yes. not happening and getting done, and I know it's because I'm not making it happen or getting it done, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But... And it's... Still unbelievably uh, amazing how little I do get accomplished. Working for working all the time. I certainly get nothing done. Is that really true, or is that your perspective? I think you probably put a lot of pressure on yourself, but your clients are probably like, cool, right? I mean, really? Yeah, you know what? It is. I, I What happens is, dude, when you when you take a client like I, and I got a good client, obviously. This big <laughs> company is a, a good client to have. But I put so much pressure on myself to deliver quickly and effectively that even if they're not in a rush to get something done, I am in a rush to get it done. You know what I mean? I'm just like, right. I just want it to be over with and out of the fucking way so I don't have to think about it anymore. Right, exactly. You know? But then after a while of doing that, they think it can always be done in, like, a fucking rush. You know what I mean? They think a rush is, like, the regular time. And then when they come to you, are like, we need this fast, and I'm like, I'm already giving it to your fast, right? They're like, oh, they thought it could be faster, which is no. pretty impossible. Oh, man, yeah, I, I, you're digging yourself a hole there, man. 
Yeah. Okay, I don't envy that for sure. Don't envy any of it. But uh, we're getting the, the Three Rivers stuff and getting set up, dude. I'm just finishing painting the office up there. It's going to be a cool dig. You know what? What I'm really hoping is to get up there and be able to focus more on the shit that I want to do. You know what I mean? I was thinking about that today, dude. I mean, really, I, I, I'm dead. I, I like my job, I like the people, but I, I want us to really kick this shit off. Yeah. But, uh, I do maybe too. Maybe VIP section stuff. I don't want to get too serious yes. while the people hey, are listening. Let's not. Let's do not. So, uh, what did <laughs> you just take on Trump? Any idea? He probably. I would assume Trump. he's a supporter, but I have no idea. No. Because here's a little, let me play this for you. It's Ted Nugent on Trump. I've never heard it. I just see it over here in the thing. You want to, you want to hear what uh, he has to say about Trump? I'm interested to hear it. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I'm sure it's something. We'll go to great lengths to get you. Doesn't even sound like his voice. Sounds like the host of a podcast or something. A shitty one, not like ours. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that uh, Ted on Trump locked up uh, my window on the computer here. Oh, no, here we go. That was a domino that They're paying us. What are your thoughts about the Donald Trump, Megyn Kelly, all of this whole, there is just so much going on right now. Well, I'm a big fan of Donald Trump because I believe in bold, uh, aggressive, unapologetic truth, period. And I'm not a fan of Megyn Kelly, though I often turn on Fox just to look at her. That's enough. That's fucking enough of that. Is it not? Did he really have to do that? Did he really have to just degrade women there in his first sentence? No, that was me. I said <laughs> Megyn Kelly's hot. No, he. but then he said I only turn it on just to watch her like he's sitting there with his fucking cock out. You know, she's not good for anything but fucking uh, uh, to masturbate to. I think he masturbates oh, with Donald, shit. though, it sounds like. I was, I was going to say something similar that really, she's a super hot babe, and that's the only reason I would ever watch Fox News, because she's way hot. There's men in the news to hang out. I think anybody who, who wants the country to be run like a business, and, you know, I'm sure Ted's bold and he's outrageous. Maybe he'll be, uh, you think there's a chance that he could be in the VP's seat? A Trump, terrible Trump, terrible <sighs> Nugent type thing? Dude, that would be, you've seen the movie Idiocracy? That would be the movie Idiocracy right there, man. Totally. You know what? I don't even, there might be a fucking presidency for Ted Nugent yet. If Trump goes in, I think this terrible Ted could be a president uh, in the near future to follow up <laughs> President Trump. Dude, if I ever have to utter the words President Nugent, and I do like Ted Nugent, like, on a personal level, I think I could hang out with the guy and have some laughs. But in terms of, like, running the country or having any influence in politics, if I ever had to utter the words President Nugent, um, well, I guess I would have to. I don't want to kill myself or anything, but that would suck. Only that would be really him. odd. How, why is it after you were president once you get to be called like Mr. President the rest of your life? That's kind of I don't like that. I think that's a bad yeah, that's, rule. Yeah, there's something weird about that. It is. I mean, I, I've, I've quit, lost, 
moved on from many other jobs. I'm still not called a pawnbroker. <laughs> right. Not to your face, anyways. Somebody's probably still calling me that out. So. You're right. That, that can be a derogatory term. That Almost guy like calling somebody a Jew. He's such a pawnbroker. $10 for his uh, Mickey Mantle rookie card so he could get a pack of smokes and you gave him two bucks for it. Uh, that guy's still calling you a pawnbroker. Yeah. You son of a pawnbroker. <laughs> so what is what is the gun control thing here? I mean, I see here over here that Ted's all about gun control, and so is uh, Trump now. But what what are they exactly are they trying to do with gun control? I, I don't really understand the whole idea. You can still I'll, go buy a gun at a store. So what's the big fucking deal? I I really have no idea. I I don't know. Like I said, I only watched like twenty minutes of the debate. And the only time they went to Trump for him to say anything was about gun control, but it was still it was kind of a mushy thing. They weren't really tackling anything relevant. It's just like they throw out the word gun control, and then something happened. So I don't I don't really I don't know. I mean I think there has to be more gun control. You gotta you have to go through more to get a gun than you do to get a car. I think. And you should. But I, but you should. Yeah, Didn't absolutely. You? You know what? Yeah, you can kill somebody with a car. You can't stuff a car in your pants and walk around the mall with it. <laughs> no, not unless you're really fucking fat. Right. I mean, there's some people. Have you ever? I saw this one guy. He got out of a car, like one of those little smart cars. Turns out he was bigger than the car. It was the fucking weirdest oh. thing I've ever seen in my life. Was it like opening up one of those cans of like Pillsbury? Yeah. Biscuit nose. He just cracked open and he kind of popped out. I hate doing that. That always stresses me out, dude. I fucking hate twisting those cans. Right, it's like a time bomb. You're like, where it is. I feel like if you ever like I'm on the SWAT team defusing a bomb from a terrorist, I'm just like, God damn, please. What's that? Have you ever just been unwrapping it and had it fucking pop in your hand? That'll fucking give you a start. Yeah, because that always happens. I mean, it happens to everybody at least once, and that's what gives you that initial fucking fear. And then from <laughs> that point on, you're like, I really like biscuits, but I don't want to fuck with this shit. I've got, like, PTSD from that one time that it just popped when I didn't want it to. Right, and then every and it, time it you're expecting it to pop, and it never does, and you have to pound it for five minutes on the side of your fucking counter so you put a chip in it. <laughs> exactly. But then the next one you get, you just touch it, and it explodes in your fucking face, and you get shell shock for a week. That's what she said. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you have anything you would consider a hidden skill, Rufus? Like a skill that a lot of people don't know about, but you consider it to be a skill of yours? Uh, not really. I mean, no. I, mean, I think voiceover is something I do that a lot of people don't do, but I think it's something pretty much any fucking idiot who can talk can do. So, no, I'm pretty much average. Why? What, what's yours? Well, I mean, I like to think that, dude, I can, like, work a remote one time and kind of get have a general idea of how to work the remote in the, in the dark. 
right? Have a good idea of where oh. your basic buttons are on a remote. I mean, I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I'm like a 15 year old practicing getting to know every part of their body, if you know what I mean. I like to really know. I was voted, I was voted in high school most likely to know my way around a remote. That and the Quasimodo look alike. Quasimodo lookalike. Yeah. I never wow. told you about the time I won the Quasimodo lookalike contest. No. Did they hold that in the bell tower? Well, dude, it was it was before I had my hump removed. So it's you really can't see much of the hump now, but you can imagine it. Like when I do my neck like this and my bottom jaw, like, you, you get it, Rufus. You get it. You see me, Rufus? I'm Quasimodo. I can't see you, but I can imagine. Okay. Yeah, I was giving a pretty good Quasimodo there. Trust me. I wish we had some bells was, to ring in the background. What was that hump? Was it just like a bunch of gristle, or was it like good meat that you could use? No, it was it was uh, mostly hair. It was mostly hair under skin. It was very strange. It was a strange thing. On top of a staph infection, it was a boil, <laughs> but it was an ostrich egg, too. Oh, my God. The smorgasbord of deformities. It was. Sorry about that. Sorry, folks, got to step away from the mic for a second. But, uh, yeah, Quasimodo, what? I'm not even sure what the Quasimodo story is. You familiar with the whole story of Quasimodo? <laughs> no, he was a hunchback. He rang a bell, and there was some pretty girl that he wanted to bang but he couldn't because he was an ugly hunchback. And then uh, I guess they, they banged at some point. And this, the moral of the story is, even if you're an ugly hunchback, you can still get an easy lay from a slut, I, I guess. Or or you can get a Kardashian, right. even if it's Bruce Jenner Kardashian. That's what he should make, change his name to, Bruce Jenner. Forget Caitlyn. He should just be Bruce Jenner Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. Dot com or the little TM. He, it's so weird, dude. I, you can't really avoid this shit if you are even in public at all. And I was looking at it, and I was seeing him and Chris Jenner were on the same screen, like, talking or something. And I'm like, it's just like he fucking is evolved into her. It's so fucking weird. He's like, I That's wonder... That's creepy. I mean, he... He identifies with, he's so jealous of her success that he's, like, trying to become her. Yeah, man. That would be an interesting movie. Hey, look, dude, you said, you were talking about Freud, and I'm saying today is our Freud Day show. So let's get deep on some intellectual levels, like Caitlyn Jenner's inner thinking. Freud Day. Hats off to you for thinking of that, man, because I was just trying to think of something clever to do. And I can't believe that I mentioned Freud but did not come up with Freud Day. That's why Rufus needs the zigzag to make Hypersoft a thing, man. Well, and zigzag That's needs awesome. his Rufus. Zigzag definitely needs his Rufus. I mean, oh, when we're gosh. rich and famous, dude, I can't think of anybody I'd rather be with that would be carrying my luggage through airports. I mean, I think that you're the fucking guy for the job. No doubt about it. Hey, as long as your luggage has wheels... I can drag your luggage anywhere. You know what? I think I'm going to go old school, and we're going to be so rich and successful. I'm going to travel with uh, with like an old stagecoach, like a wooden 
box with a big chain wrapped around it, you know, and see if I could get it through security. Be like, just drag it through the, the thing. Like an old trunk with an iron lock and a skeleton like a key. Steam truck. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, I dare you to drag a big steam trunk with a skeleton key through TSA. <laughs> they put you in jail. I guarantee you somehow before that was, you would be in jail. Like for some kind they, of they do it hard. If, if, if they put you in jail immediately just so they wouldn't have to fuck with it. They'd be like, yeah, fuck. Arrest that guy right. now. I got to get home by five. I, we should try this as an experiment. I guarantee you if you showed up at an airport and started unloading some big giant fucking trunk like that, the airport cops would approach you and be like, no, you can't fucking do that here. Sorry about that. Not gonna yeah, of course they would. Of course. They would stop you immediately. Big steam trunks, like crates, wooden crates, like latches, and fucking dowel rod bolts. <laughs> yes. Lots of brass. Has to be heavy on the fucking brass. Like, <laughs> Lots of brass, brass and polished oaken planks, and an independent and a, a copy of the Declaration of Independence painted on the top by hand. <laughs> right. It'd be a lacquer around there like decoupage. They'd kick you out of the airport. There also has to be a hidden gun that like goes off if you turn the key the wrong way and shoot you in the stomach. Oh, yeah, sure. Just like a two-inch gun with like a, a two-millimeter bullet that's like, yeah, uses gunpowder. If you ever watch, like, uh, you know, Antiques Roadshow or whatever, sometimes they'll have, like, weird guns and stuff on there. <clears throat> and it's like a gun that would, like, hide in someone's, basically, their pant leg or something where if they pull their leg a certain way, the gun goes off. And I'm just like, man, there yeah. was some fucking twisted people back then, even. You know what I mean? What would you I, mean, I, mean, I guess if you're, if you're running cross-country on a stagecoach through, like, unregulated lands, that could come in handy. But still, that's weird. <laughs> Pretty ingenious, though, because think about back then trying to make something like that. I mean, you've got to, like, cobble every little piece of a gun to, like, some weird skeleton thing that when you flick your wrist a certain way, it goes off. You know what I mean? And think about how to market it to make it profitable for you in that time where there's no internet and you had to, like, buy a, a little black-and-white tin-type ad in a Sears and a Robot catalog that takes two years to get distributed. I mean, no you can have a, of, like, a long runway to profitability. Take you two years to carve the gun, and like eight years to try to sell it to somebody who actually needed it. Well, you you have drunken Indians on reservations doing all the carving. Oh, that's true. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Can we still are they are they hireable still? Can we still do them? Can we still use them for something? No, they're unemployed by casinos. Right now, I think all that uh, America's using them for, right, is the big uh, companies are using them to get the alcohol out of whiskey and put it back into the hydrological system. <laughs> get the alcohol out of whiskey. It's like uh, that non-alcoholic beer. 
So O'Doul's is making whiskey now. It's just iced tea. No, I'm just saying that they were just utilizing their livers to synthesize alcohol oh. out of whiskey and back into urine. Oh God, that's terrible. And back into urine. Wow. I'm not saying I personally do that. I'm saying, you know what? I, I Unfortunately, I associate myself with big business and the American government and said I am. But I'm really not. Uh, Wild Turkey is or whatever brand is your – whatever the cheapest brand is at the local uh, – Liquor store. Probably Rich and Rare. That is a brand if you want to check it. I've had it. It's not Rich that and bad. Rare. Yeah. I thought that was a, a, a Monterey Country duo out of Nashville. <laughs> my, my cousin owns that liquor store, right? And like every three or four years, like the bottom of the barrel whiskey and vodka and stuff, like it gets like a whole makeover. Where it's the same fucking rock gut shit, but they like give it a, a fresh name and a fresh, uh, like a fresh coat of paint, you know? It, like Mohawk will turn into, like, a, you know, like rich and rare or something. They just kind of switch it around. Oh, God. So people are like, oh, yeah, I'm stepping up. Give me a half pint of that Mohawk vodka there instead of my usual whatever. But it's the same price, just the same fucking rock gut. It's wow, pretty, that's pretty crazy. Clever. Yeah, well, you got to offload it somehow, right? That's right. Did you ever watch that show, Moonshiners? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's staged, I guess, to some degree, because obviously they'd be immediately arrested. But uh, I, I, I like it. It's fun. I like it, too. And, and I was thinking the other day, what if they're just playing us for total idiots? You think they're not even brewing whiskey or anything or moonshine? They're just running water into that shit. I mean, there's no way for us to ever really know unless you're on the set of a thing. But it also makes me think, God damn, it looks so fucking easy to make your own whiskey. I mean, it's not like you even have to wait for like it does look easy, but I mean, the show's got to be fake, right? Because they're showing their faces, showing the little small podunk towns right. that they live in and brew this illicit shit that they're going to be recognized. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they're. You know what, though, dude? It could just be like <laughs> the stupidest cops in the world. Maybe the cops don't have cable. So they have no idea what's going on, even though the show is out there. There are budget deficits. You know, the Ozarks, for sure. That that could be possible. <laughs> what is considered the Ozarks? I've always kind of wondered. It's a mountain range. We're actually part of it here in the uh, Washita Mountains. It's it's a, a branch of the Ozark Mountains. And it's basically mountains that only hillbillies and, and rednecks know about, apparently. It's so weird. You know, my, my family is, uh, I'm part redneck myself. So uh, we go to West Virginia, right? We drive through West Virginia every year on our way to vacation in North Carolina. And uh, and oh, you're on this huge highway and you just kind of look off the highway and there's like one little tiny gas station, you know what I mean? Between these two huge peaks of fucking mountain. And, and you're just like, who are the fucking people that live here? And then when you stop in to take a leak, you get to meet them and they're all just they're all just so precious, I must say. It's precious, precious. is a is a dirty diaper. 
that's a weird statement, but somehow makes sense. But it's true. When we, whenever we drive back here from Texas, Google, of course, routes us the quote-unquote faster and quote-unquote more efficient way, which means it which takes like a lot longer and there's no way. gas stations. So when we do find a gas station, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere, and every time I pull in, I'm like, this place has to be manned by, like, cannibalistic murderers out of some fucking horror movie. But we go in there, and it's always just the nicest people, and somehow they stay in business from the, the ten people that live in the 50-mile radius of, you know, shanty towns around them. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's you yeah, know, the hillbilly. So, I wonder if Google, I maybe Google needs to come out with like a thing that's like called the, you know, what would they call that? The the vagrant route or something like the weirdest possible way that they could take you through the most like dangerous parts of every city, you know, like some kind of seedy route where if you're looking for drugs, you'll be able to buy them. Drinking and driving is not really that big of a fucking deal and shit, you know. That's a cool idea, dude, because whenever you look at Google Maps, they give you the options of, like, driving, walking, or biking. Why not give you options of, like, going through the worst fucking neighborhoods or, like, having an icon for, a, like, a hypodermic needle because maybe you want to right, some fucking, score some heroin or a joint or something? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe why not come up with an app like that? The hookup. We'll call it the hookup. So when you blow in there you go, dude. Two apps game. today we've created. Two. In an hour. Got Came up with two apps. What the fuck? Why, you know what? Why don't we have a third person to do all the work, dude? What, where is the disconnect with that? I mean, we can't really be expected to come up with all the great ideas and do all the work. It's just like the work gets in the way of the new, better ideas. The problem is that the the guys that have the smarts to do the work, they don't have the the smarts to appreciate the the brilliance right. and the genius and the the humor behind it. They're That's analytical, you know. They're stiff. We need them. We do, but yeah, they're just like harder. everybody else. They don't really want to work. They don't deep down. They don't want to do the work. I mean, look, I'd want to do the work. If I didn't come up with the ideas, I would do the work. But since we come up with the ideas, we don't have to do the work. That's just kind of how it goes, right? And that's how I understood it. The idea is 99.9% of the work. We just need someone to do all the manual labor and thinking and, you know, spend 40 hours a week making our thoughts reality. Right. William Randolph Hearst probably never even, like, picked up a pickaxe or anything to make, like, metal, right? I mean, obviously, he didn't do any real hard work, but people didn't expect him to. No, because he was a genius. Who was he? William Randolph first? What, did he invent steel? I don't know what he did. I'm not sure what he did. I know he made a lot of money and built a really weird house (laughs) in, in a bunch of places. What did he do? Was he a metal guy? No, that was Carnegie, wasn't it? I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to think about Atlas Shrugged, that, that book that was all about steel what? and capitalism, but I can't remember anything about it. I don't, I've never even heard of it, I don't think. I think I've heard of it in a reference before, and I didn't even know what it was until you just said it was a book. 
I probably oh, dude, you've never heard of Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand? It's like the capitalist manifesto, basically. And it's pretty good. A job I had back in the early 2000s, the, the dude who owned the company was like, if you ever want to raise, or a promotion, not raise, a promotion, you have to read this book. So everybody like his executive staff had to read the book. And everybody who wanted to get into his ex- executive staff had to read the book. And so I was just curious. I like, I think it was just, it was a temporary job for me. But I started now, reading it. Now, and it's, tell us, why don't I ask you about the book here in the VIP, and you can tell us what the book's about, Rufus. All right, let's take it in the VIP, folks. Check us out in the VIP in one second. Welcome to the VIP part of the show. Rufus, as you were saying, and Rand, uh, Atlas Shrugged, I do believe, was the was the name of it. Yeah. I, look, honestly, I don't remember a lot about it, but, like, Ayn Rand wrote it, and she was a woman back in, like, I guess the 30s or 40s during the steel industrial revolution, I guess. That's a huge fucking book. I mean, it's it's big. It's bigger than The Stand by Stephen King, which is a big ass goddamn fucking book. I can never make it through, and I never made it through Atlas Shrugged either. But it, it's it's Did basically, you? I think it's become like a manifesto, a sort of game plan for like capitalism, and it's really about it. It's about like. You either bust your ass and fucking make it, or you don't. And if you don't, fuck you. Is basically what it is. Now, I mean, it's, I now, is it like a book with characters or, and stuff, or is it just like a book with like numbers and like an economy book or something? No, no, it's a novel. It's a novel. It's told oh, as it a story. It's okay. told as a story, and I think that the lead's a female, which was odd for the time. The whole book was really odd for the time, for sure, because I had a female author. I think the lead character was a female, but it was all about, like, empowering the individual by becoming industrious and taking charge of your own fucking life and becoming, you know, making money. But it it really downplayed the individual on a different level because it was like, it's just like capitalism now. You know, the guys who have the means to make it, make it, and the people that don't have the means to make it work for the other guys. It's not right. really about you can do it, you can do whatever you want and fucking be successful. It really sort of glory, glorified the rich getting richer. But it's it's kind of held up as a, uh, you know, a bastion of, of capitalism. And it's, so needless really to say, you did not get a promotion, or did you? Well, no, I never finished it. I did get a, a promotion. Well, no, I got a ra- I got a, not into the executive ah. ranks. I did get a promotion at that job, but only out of necessity. Okay. And I tried now, to read the book. Ever, I bought it. it, was, it I'm serious. Get, it's that. It's like five inches thick. It's fucking huge. And I just I couldn't do it. Do you feel like if you would have finished the book, maybe you would have moved up into the executive ranks? I don't know. I mean, it was 
the problem with the book for me wasn't necessarily the message. I really didn't even get in, into it enough to get the message. I learned about that like looking up shit about the book. But it was just written like, uh, have you ever read, tried to read The Great Gatsby? Yeah, I love that book. book. I, I love it too. It's one of my favorites. But you really have to spend a lot of time getting through how people wrote at the time. You know, right. it's really dry, yeah. long. A sentence can be a fucking paragraph long. You know, it's very ornate very writing. And if you if you can't get past that first, you, you'll never get into the story. I think The Great Gatsby did a great job of somehow letting you get past that. But Atlas Shrugged, first of all, The Great Gatsby is about that thick. Atlas Shrugged is like that thick. And you so by the time you're this, this far into Atlas Shrugged, you're like, fucking good God. We need to develop an app or a piece of software that will take a book like The Great Gatsby or Atlas Shrugged and put it down into like text format. Like, complete where the words are all abbreviated, like text words. So, first of all, you could save paper, and I think that we could probably get more kids to read them if we did that. You just, like, would send a text page every, like, two hours as, like, a text. So someone would, like, open it and read it, thinking it was important. And before you know it, they've written, they've read the whole book. So you have, like, little text acronyms and emoticons, so you're only reading The Great Gatsby. It's like, Daisy, LOL. Uh, right. Unhappy yeah, face. Old, old chap. <laughs> awesome. And then a car running into the side of a locomotive. <laughs> that's right. Really? Right. Okay, so that's three apps. Three yeah, apps we've I done mean, that, we, have, we just turned the Great Gatsby from 200 pages uh, into, like, less than one sentence. Totally understandable by your average 15-year-old. Imagine what we could do with Hemingway or uh, yeah. Beowulf or Tolkien. So, yes, I think there's an. I think we have an opportunity there, too, to teach kids by text. We'll call it teaching by text. Yes. We can do math that way. Ebonics. I mean, it's like everything is endless. <laughs> Did you say Ebonics? Yeah. Whatever happened to Ebonics? Oh, it's alive and well. Is it? Oh, yeah. The new Ghostbusters trailer came out today. The one black character, the first line the one black character said in the in the uh, the trailer for the movie was, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Whoa. What's that mean? Oh, no, no, no. It, it, the first character, the first, the first line of the black, the one black character in the Ghostbusters trailer said, uh, oh, hell no. What does that mean? That's Ebonics. But what well, is Ebonics for? That's Ebonics for I find this to be an uncomfortable situation that I'm not prepared for, and I would have liked more time to get myself together to deal with it, but unfortunately I find myself in a state of anxiety. But it's summed uh, up you know in Ebonics by, oh, hell no. All right, kid. Can you actually? I'm, I just wrote that down. Can you? How do you spell hell no or ah uh, hell no? How do you spell that exactly? A W W H A Y L L hail, and it's not no. It's nah. N A W W ah hail nah. 
That's how they say it. Got it. Dang. So did you see the new Ghostbusters movie today? No, they they just put out the trailer today, and it's absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> it's really And that really is bad. the trailer right there. That's the trailer. Well, it's it's like stock characters like that. The one black character is the obvious black character who talks like that and knows the streets. And then you got the one character who's now would that be Bankman's character? Well, it's not even the same. It's a reboot, right? So it's like know, totally different names, totally different people. Whether, would that be equal to the, the Bankman character? I guess was my question. Well, the black character would be like a black character in the original Ghostbusters, but that black character, they didn't make a big deal about him being black. He was just like, hey, I'm a Ghostbuster now. They made such a little deal about it, I forgot he was black until you just said it right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a black guy. You know what? I don't remember him saying, oh, hell no. I don't remember. No, they didn't have him talking uh, a jive, or they didn't have him, like, picking an afro. He was just a character. Now, how many black people would come out and see that? Well, too many because they're all they're all the same. That's my point. Oh hell no, he didn't just say that. Yes, I did. No, hell no, he didn't. Hell no, and he didn't mean it. But it's it's kind of makes sense what he's saying. That uh, they, it, why are they doing that? Why are why did they remake the whole movie in the first place? What was wrong with the original? <laughs> It didn't they, have that line. I don't know. I don't know. The original was fucking awesome, and they didn't remake it. It's a totally new movie called Ghostbusters with an all-chick cast, which I don't have a problem with. But from the trailer, you can tell that it's it's all like stock cookie-cutter characters. They got in the bit where the black girl's saying, oh, hell no. They got in the bit where the fat girl slips on something and falls down. They got in the bit where the one smart girl is really good at physics, and they got in the bit where the other crazy girl is just nutty and wears a wig at some point. There's no... <laughs> Sounds like a winner. Yeah. I'm All right. I am estimating opening weekend for this block, this movie. I'm just... It's off the top of my head. I'm just feeling it. I'm just feeling numbers coming in, Rufus. Six and a half million dollars. Is I'm going to drop that down. We'll see. No, it's not. It's going to get a lot more than that, unfortunately. I think a lot of people are going to see it. I'm going to get disappointed. Because people are like, Look, oh, I don't even remember the real Ghostbusters. Or, I mean, are little kids going to go see this? I don't know. We're in such a nostalgia-based world now. So I guess the Internet is has something to do with Because we're remaking all these old movies, but I think we're remaking them for ourselves, not for, like, a new audience, right? So, like, all the people making the new Ghostbusters are like, yeah, I like that movie. I'm going to remake it. But it just looks <laughs> right. terrible. I, is, is there that much... There, You know there's poor fucking guys out there that are probably writing perfectly good scripts, like we could easily put together in the afternoon, and they're just not getting made because people are like, well, we'd rather remake an old movie that and make it worse. What is right. the fucking? How can a? How does any of that make sense? I don't know. And somebody on Reddit said something similar to that today. They're like, "Why? First of all, why reboot or remake a movie that's perfectly still good and fine? 
instead of like going back to the same era, like go back to 1980 whatever when Ghostbusters came out and find a movie that came out at the same time that just wasn't done that good, but still had a a good script and could have been done better and remake that. Yeah, I don't know. That's why we're not in Hollywood, obviously. You know, it's you know what, though? I was thinking about this the other day, dude. I still think that that Sticks and Picks magazine idea that you had is a fucking viable. I think that's fucking totally <laughs> viable magazine. You know, you think so, Sticks and Picks? I do. I do, man. Think about I mean, really, there's no reason that you couldn't. I mean, playing a guitar, as much as playing guitar as a guitar is a fucking pick, really. People don't like to think like that, but I mean, That's true. a lot of times I don't play with a pick, but I mean, when I do, I can tell that the guitaring is better probably than using my thumb or something. Well, that could even be an angle. I mean, sticks and picks or picks and sticks can still talk about like not using picks or sticks, but I, definitely I have to use fender medium picks. If I have anything thicker, I can't do it or thinner. I can't do it. You know, and that's I'm a Jim Dunlop thirty six myself. There you go. And and I used to yeah. use a different style, which I think was a Dunlop. It was a plastic pick, but it had a really good grip and it was kind of right. floppy. That's the Jim Dunlop and, series. That's what I use, the floppy one. Not too but it floppy, matters. But I, I think you're right. It, it, it's kind of a jokey thing to say, but honestly from a guitarist's point of view, it makes a difference, doesn't it? I mean, it, it really does. Yes, it does. Oh, it does. And, you know, a lot of it, even even almost on the, to a confidence level, where if I mm-hmm. feel like I've got the wrong pick, like, unfortunately, oh, the yeah. Cypress picks that I'm sending you, they're not picks that you probably would ever play with, maybe once. But it's probably not. I mean, they're hard. You know what I mean? They're, they're collector's items more than they're picks, if that makes any Ooh. sense. But, yeah, I mean... You, the advertising is a no-brainer, really. I mean, there's no reason that you yeah. couldn't go to Eddie Van Halen and have him say, dude, metal picks, don't do it. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's what Eddie's <laughs> going to say, right? That's right. No, you're right. You're right. At the very least, existing guitar magazines should put more focus on picks. And I, I'm not saying that to be a smart ass. That's, that's for real. I know. I know that you're not. I, I've I seen, really know that I've seen... I've seen entire write-ups on strings, like what are the best strings to use, what are the best gauges to use. I've never seen a write-up on picks. And, dude, just like you said, man, a pick is confidence. That's a connection between you and every fucking thing else. It's true. It's like the live wire. It's like your Tesla cable or something to that effect. I don't know why I would say that, but uh, you get the idea. It's like the connection. You're right. It's It's where your body meets the fucking string. I mean, the, you know, the left hand, whatever, whatever hand you fret with, that's a mechanical fucking thing. You're, you're going to press down the strings. But the music really comes out of your picking hand. I mean, that's where you've got the flow, you've got the strum, you've got the picking. And if you don't have the right thing that you're comfortable with, it's, it really does make a huge fucking difference. I think it's underappreciated. There is no way that you could say, I don't care if you're Jimmy Page or somebody, you're used to playing with a certain pick, especially a certain uh, firmness of pick, and then they throw you out on stage with some fucking limp uh, dick 
uh, thick. You know what I mean? It's like all sloppy and buttery. There's no oh, way yeah. he would be tearing it up even as close as like he probably normally would. No, no. Not at all. Now on to the sticks part of the magazine, Rufus. We've we've got the picks part down. Now the sticks part is kind of the same thing. The sticks is are what connects the drummer to the drum, if you think about it. I guess, I would assume it's the same way. But I don't know. I've never I've never drummed, but I have I do know a drummer or two, and I know that they've always stuck with the same sticks. And they even like sticks that are fashioned differently, like uh my buddy Dave He'll use sticks that are just straight sticks of wood. And then he'll use ones that have that little nib at the end. And he's got a preference for different sounds. So I'm guessing the market is just as big for drummers. Well, and they come in a lot of different colors, too. That's the one thing I know about drums. Let me throw my two cents in on on drumsticks. I know that they come in different colors, which is pretty cool. So let's not forget about that. Oh, wait, your your daughter's a drummer, right? Is she still drumming? That's right. She is. She is. Yeah. 100 bucks a month. 25 well, bucks a, yeah. a half hour. She enjoys it. I mean, I wish she would do it more because, you know, it's like one of those things. When you're a kid, you know, she likes it, but it, I wanted her to be, like, sitting around jamming on the fucking drums all the time. Unfortunately, she's not doing that. She enjoys it when she has to do it, but if she's, like, yeah. sitting around, she's like no, dude, I can't do my homework right now. I'm going to go jam on the drums. To which I would be like, yes, of course. Yes, forget the homework. Jam on the drums. Exactly. She would rather do her homework than jam on the drums. So hoping that will get turned around maybe in the next couple of years if I can get her more focused. Because I'm always like up there, and I, I'll play a song, and we'll sing together, right, and we'll make up songs. And I'm always like, all right, now you jam on the drums. And I like gotta like pull it out of her, you know. I'm like, yeah. That's oh yeah. Be fun. You know well, what I'll tell you what's gonna happen? She's gonna do all of her homework first. She'll be like a Neil Peart or Neil Pert or whatever. She'll be telling like a, a badass mathematician, and then be like, I'm going to apply that to drums, and this will be like the most right. badass fucking drummer ever. He is so strange, dude. Because he wrote, did he write all their lyrics too? Right? All those weird fucking oh, lyrics. Those were his. I think he did, yeah. And that was some strange shit, if you think about it. If you ever listen to a Rush album, you know, there's nothing like, I don't know, it's like weird stories. I mean, you know, there's nothing like you could be like, oh, his girlfriend left him or whatever. It never has like that sense of, like, a sensibility. It's always like, you know, the Tower of Ceres fell and there was like, these archers that were 10 million strong and they took out some eye of some beholden God that then there was a famine for 40 years. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like fucking, there's nothing sane about it. No, no, but it's, it's poetic and, and, uh, what's the word for literature? Literativeness. Oh, they, how they wrote like a thousand years ago. Yeah. When there was not, when people didn't write about heartache. <laughs> yeah, when they wrote, wrote about like dying and shit in battle. <laughs> in battle, exactly. By the, with a fiery archer's arrow in your eye socket. 
you know, just illiterate. <laughs> yeah. In the house, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? This is going to sound weird, dude, and I don't know if it's just because I've been high lately. But I'm usually high, so I guess it, maybe it is unusual. But I listened to uh, to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill the other day. Really? And I'm yeah. I'm telling you, I'm fucking mesmerized by this album and her. I have a, a man crush on Alanis Morissette now. Really? I mean, I, I, I gotta say, I, I've never heard the entire album, but I I I, I definitely remember when. Those first two songs came out off of it. They were an instant hit. And, of course, it was odd because she was a chick doing, like, this aggressive music. But I remember thinking, man, those songs are pretty fucking badass. But I, I don't the know lyrics, anything else about the, the rest of the album. Super deep. The lyrics to the song will, will blow you away almost. I mean, she's for a 19-year-old, it's like she's fucking been tormented by an older man or something. I don't know. They're pretty deep. Uh I would I would suggest a listen because I never really listened to the words before, you know what I mean. But this time I was like listen to the words, probably because I was high, and I'm like, wow, she's a tortured soul. She's so hot. She must be a generous well, lover. I mean, those are just a few things that came to mind when I listened to it. So it really touched me, and then I touched myself. Well, you know, and I'm not making this up, by the way. You're gonna think I'm making this up. But you know that she was in a love affair with Dave Coulier from Full House. I am. And I apparently am a lot of that album is, is about, like, their you know, breakup and how he used her and shit. Here's the funny thing about that is I read about that last night, and it turns out he made all that up, that it was about him. He started that rumor. And then he admitted Cut it, it out. Like years ago, that he started Cut the rumor. it out. I'm dead serious. No, you that was just know. from Full House. That was, oh, okay. See what I did there? I answered you with a, you ought to know. <laughs> no, I, I was talking over it. That's very good. God damn. I wish I hadn't talked over it. Okay. it Radio Gold. But uh, Dave Coulier, I've got, did you see that Uncle Jesse came out as an alcoholic? <laughs> no, I did not see that. He really did. John Stamos came out as an alcoholic, I guess. Wait a minute. That's He's way too good looking and fit to be an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic and I'm a fat slob. So? I, I think what happened really was that he, I mean, he really did, supposedly, but I think what happened was that he got pulled over and got a Dewey a couple of, like, a year ago or something. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. they're trying to clean up his image after what they consider to be uh, something bad. But I don't think a lot of people are freaked out by a star getting a Dewey. No, no. To have him say that he was an alcoholic. He's just saying he's not And then who can? Nobody freaks out about a Dewey unless it's like your brother-in-law. Otherwise, everybody's like, okay, whatever. You mean my brother-in-law? I'm not just saying in general, unless it's like somebody you you know personally, nobody gives a fucking shit, celebrity or not. I know. The sad part is they print it in the paper. Do they do they print shit like that in the paper where you're at? I don't even know if we have a paper, zigzag. Do they still make papers? You definitely got your hand on the pulse. Your finger on your hand on the pulse. Your finger on the pulse of what's happening there in uh 
Mid arcs in the Ozarks. You should start the you should start the Ozark Tribune. You it did. I've lived here almost two years, and I know zero people. I work at home, dude. I don't. I don't know anybody at all. Yes, you I know do. nothing about this town. All I know is that there's a Walmart and a grocery store and two terrible restaurants that have terrible food. But I don't know anybody <laughs> or what's going. On. Forget. Forget the Ozark Tribune. I think you need to like start a welcome committee for Wardron, Arkansas, because you sound like you really love it there. You really hit all the high points of what's going on there. <laughs> oh, I probably would love it if I was a part of it, but I just I never leave my house. And I don't interact with people. Actually, the, the, the two restaurants like, are not that bad. I'm kidding, you, but they're not as good as like Austin restaurants. You you do realize as as your son gets older you are going to have to start mingling with these people that live in this town, which I think is probably book-worthy. No, that's what I have a wife for. That's what I have a wife for. You're like Howard Hughes. Rufus Hughes. Are you wearing Kleenex boxes on your feet right now? Well, yeah. Aren't you? (laughs) Of course I am. I, I actually thought of designing a whole line of shoes that are Kleenex boxes that look like they're printed like shoes on the outside. They would sell online, dude, just as a gag gift or some ironic <laughs> hipster gift. People would buy that. Oh, it would. Do we do the Kleenex box that's painted up like a shoe, or we do the shoe that's shaped like a Kleenex box that you can actually <laughs> wear out of the boat? We do both. Right. And didn't he have the spruce goose, the airplane made out of wood? So then we have a, yes, a wooden shoe in the shape of a shoe box, or a, a no, Kleenex it's box. In the shape of a spruce goose. Yeah, there you go. Each shoe has wings and propellers. It has four engines on each side. Because it's and so it's made out of wood. Balsa wood. <laughs> that guy really did lose his fucking mind. No doubt about it. But, well, I mean, God he had to have him. a mind to get there at some point. Dude, look, I've for a while there when we lived in Austin, I was washing my hands. I'm telling you, I was getting a fucking ritual, dude, because I was so convinced I was going to touch something with acid on it, not at our house or anything, but like out and about. I was like, just from taking acid a couple times when I was younger, I'm like, man, you could really fuck somebody up with some acid by putting it in their fucking sandwich or something. And I, I'm thinking I was developing wow. a little OCD, and I was thinking, Jesus, I, I would could like picture myself like 50 years from them, like Howard Hughes, just like living in one room. Uh, probably not Dude. drinking my own urine. I'm just going to say I wasn't going to drink my own urine unless I ran it through a sill first and turned it into some kind of alcohol product. But uh, I was like, man, you got to get a grip on this thing. And I did, and I don't have that problem anymore as far as I and know. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm about to infect your brain with another one that I have. No. Now, that, that acid one you might think is, is you know off the shelf now, but one – irrational fear that I have, and it still, it strikes me randomly anywhere. And it doesn't control me. I'm not OCD about it, but no, it does hit me, and I'm like, God damn. My, my, I can't handle this, dude. Do me a favor and do not and that, tell me irrational fear because I don't need it in my life. I do not need this irrational fear that you're how about to often, give me. How often do you go through the drive through at a fast food joint? Employed uh, by pissed-off fucking teenagers 
who can over the counter get a bottle of Ipecac and just pour it in your fucking drink. So that when you're driving down the road, 10 seconds later, you're projectile vomiting all over your fucking dashboard. You could have Ipecac in your fucking drink every time you go to the goddamn, the, the next time you go through a drive-thru. That hits me. I think I, about it. I'm like, every time, because every drink you get from a, a fast food joint never tastes the same. I always get Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi, and I'm always like, that tastes a little different. Is that Ipecac? You are definitely right about that. You know, what's crazy is you're saying Ipecac, that I would prefer Ipecac of the, as opposed to the other 250 things I'm thinking about disgruntled teenagers putting in my drink. And oh, I'm talking fluids or fucking poison or spit or, you know, I guess spit is a body fluid, but I, Ipecac to then, me sounds like a welcome relief. I'm like, oh, just you've never fucking Ipecac. You've never watched a YouTube video of somebody downing a bottle of Ipecac then, because it's no, I have brutal. not. But I, I promise oh, you, oh. I will shortly. Don't. You know what? My my other unnatural, totally fucking stupid fear is, is that the airbag in my car is tied to an electrical unit, which can short out just like any fucking oh, yeah. thing anywhere. And I, I hate to be driving down. It always strikes me when I'm driving down at like 80 miles per hour on the highway. What happens if my airbag just for whatever glitch pops right in front of my face at that point? First of all, if, I, if I've got my hand at 12 o'clock, I'm going to break my fucking nose because my hand's going to hit it. And then I'll, I'll just wreck and fucking die. Know, so that's dead. another that really jumps out at me every time I'm on the fucking highway. I'm fucked up, dude. I'm twisted. <laughs> no, you're not, dude. Because funny you should say that, and I thought of you today when I was driving home from from uh, the new place, and it's kind of it's like a it's a twenty mile drive, so I'm driving and the, the it's not that busy the roads aren't that busy but they're two lanes right and I'm thinking about two things what if the guy on the other side of the road has a fucking heart attack and comes to my lane and hits me then I'm doing the roof and stop and thinking what if I have a heart attack and go off the road and just fucking hit a tree or something. I never thought of myself having a heart yes. attack in another car. I was having a heart attack, and I was going to do the responsible thing and die in a ditch on the side of the road. I wasn't going to take anybody else out. Oh, and, and, and here's another level for that, dude. I have the same same thought as well, because the drive between here and Fort Smith is two lanes, one lane one way, one lane the other way. And I'm like, if somebody fucking has a heart attack or a stroke or is just having a bad day, what if they just move over two inches, we're all fucking dead. My biggest fear, like a parenting fear, is like, what if I'm driving somewhere with my son and I have a heart attack and drive off the road and nobody finds my fucking car for 30 days? My poor kid is trapped in the car, can't get out, stuck with a stinking, bloated fucking corpse that used to be his dad, going through all sorts of fucking trauma. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Welcome to the Hypersoft Happy Hour with Zigzag and Rufus. Uh, the topic tonight is, what are your irrational thoughts on death? <laughs> well, it's, it is called the Happy all. Hour, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What have I done? You know what, but how many people, if me and you both have that fear, the problem is not enough people have that irrational fear because I was looking at other people in other cars. I'm like, well, that guy looks perfectly fucking relaxed. 
he obviously could have a heart attack and fucking crash into someone at any time. <laughs> yes. You should always it's be prepared right. to have a heart attack at any moment right. to avoid it's killing right. other people. It's the, it's the right thing to do. I'm surprised they don't make it into a law. They That's why I drink so much. It's because I want to be ready for that heart attack. I don't want to be well, surprised you know by it. I just want to be like, oh, yeah, well, I drank 18 beers. That's all right. Yeah, and now you're not going to have it. Because you had the 18 beers, you're nice and fucking relaxed. My muscles so are relaxed. Like, oh, yes, my, my veins are wide open. No clots. Right. Right. You're, you're you're fucking running at full speed right now, but you're nice and relaxed on the outside. You know, it's it's funny. When I went to the dentist the other week, and I have this one tooth. It's a wisdom tooth. That it's, it's butchered, dude. I mean, it's so disintegrated. It's just pulp and, like, one nerve dangling out. And they're like, man, that that should be totally infected and, like, causing you a lot of problem. And you're saying it's causing you no pain? And I'll, I'm like, nope. And I, I guarantee you it's because all the alcohol I drink is killing any bacteria that might be living inside of it. And, you know, you would think, though, because you're drinking mostly beer, that the yeast and stuff would be feeding the whatever is living on or around your tooth. But apparently there's just enough alcohol in Bud Light to keep the bad stuff at bay. It's balance. I'm in perfect it's balance with my body and the universe perfect. and my dental hygiene. <laughs> it's, it's all just one. It, it is. It, you're centered. You're centered. You're like in another galaxy almost. You're so centered. Yeah. But this is sure still kind of weird. It is. It's, it's kind of itchy on the inside. <laughs> itchy on the inside. Now that's an interesting yeah. concept. Well, so are you scratching sure, it with your tooth? Are you constantly I'm scratching sure, it with your tooth? I'm sure it's nothing. I'm just I kind of poke at it with my tongue every now and then until it hurts. To make sure it still hurts. Yeah, yeah, it still hurts. Okay, I'll stop doing that for ten seconds. Check back on that in about 35 seconds and see what's going on with it then. You know what's weird? Is, dude, I, a while back, I took a, uh, this is probably a year ago now, I got a dental tool and I, like, de-plaqued my own teeth, right? They weren't that bad, but there was some plaque buildup, so I got rid of it. It's not that big of a deal. People do it all the time. But then I could, like, feel this one spot on my bottom tooth, right, that I don't know if it's got a chip in it or something, but now I'm Uh-oh. constantly poking it with my fucking tongue like it's some kind of nervous tick. It is the fucking yes. weirdest thing ever. Have you noticed me I, doing that? Oh, I haven't noticed you doing that because I can't see you. But the same way with this is like once I notice some sort of weirdness, now that weirdness only exists because I keep fucking with it. It's like it, right. it's like once you you know what's there. You like have to keep checking. Checking is it still there? But just the fact that you checking is is making it worse. Or <laughs> yes, not, that's but. exactly it. Then I'm then I'm thinking all day, dude. You've got to stop doing that because you're probably really going to mess up that fucking tooth by doing right. that. But I can't stop myself, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I need help. Hey, you know what? It's been a, it's been it's definitely a Freud day today because we're trying to figure out some stuff that's making us tick here at the end of the Hypersoft Happy Hour. That's true. I, I really do got to run. My uh, ego and my id need to take a leak in the 
Freud. That's me. I, you know what? I got to take a shit. So this is perfect fucking timing to end this show, dude. You keep going in, and I got to take a straight out shit. <laughs> okay, great. I really don't, but uh, I'll probably try to work something out for the for the troops. Oh, okay. You no, you you got to take a shit now. You're committed to it. You better take a shit. I'm in the mindset. I've, you know what? I've had to take a shit since we were talking about taking shits and taking pictures of it. And posting them on the web. Well, post it. Post it to WebMD. Just say, does this look all right? We should do that, dude. We should do like a really gross fake poop thing and post it on WebMD. Or do one of those, you know, those doctors that you can pay someone? Is that answers.com? Pay a doctor $25 to give us their fucking opinion of what (laughs) this fake shit is like. What could be wrong with us? Absolutely. We should do that. No matter what, it has to have a fish's eyeball in it. <laughs> and a Lego. One 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 piece of Lego. Oh my god. A Lego, a fish's eyeball, and a whole fucking chicken bone, like a leg bone sticking out. <laughs> a fucking chicken bone. Yes. The fish I, eyeball has to have a, a a rusty fish hook through it. Yeah, it definitely has to have a hook in it. No doubt about that. Nicely done. <laughs> you know what's funny is I was watching this thing. Uh, it's called Brilliant Stone Dead or whatever. It's about National Lampoon. Have you ever seen it? It's You know what? National Lampoon is not nothing on us, dude. We are way funnier than National Lampoon. No doubt about it. Well, of course. We just didn't have their resources. They had the guy. They had the machine. <laughs> All right, Rufus, uh, Tuesday's show. Let's talk, but I want to talk to you before then about 420proxusa.com. So I will talk to you soon, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to play us out with a little more Ted Nugent. Uh, We're going to finish up free-for-all, I think. What do you think, to finish the show? You down with that? Yeah, I think it makes sense. All right, it's been a free-for-all, folks. Check you next week.
Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing is turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.